Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. It's a joie to talk with you, Randy. It is. Joie is a very interesting word. I have yet to work out what it means. I'm going to look that up really quick while you explain who you are. I am uh, Dr. Kent, uh, most days, and he's Randy Baker. And today we're talking to a Texan-turned-Californian who graduated in Guam about emotions. Yeah, yeah. And she's a ballet entrepreneur. What else? A disc jockey and an actor. And she was an acting teacher for a period, I believe. What's a disc jockey? A disc jockey, not a desk jockey. I'm a desk jockey. I drive a desk to work. But disc jockeys don't exist anymore, do they? I don't even, no, I'm kidding. I know what it is. Now they call them DJs, and they probably spell it D-E-E-J-A-Y, right? DJ. Yeah, DJ. So she's an OG disc jockey, but more importantly, now she's, I guess, an emotional expert. She's talking about somatic symptoms and all of that. So if you're feeling a little bit of buzz right now down deep in your chest, that's because you want to listen to this great interview coming up here with Joie or Joy, however you want to pronounce her name. Nice to see you, Joy. I have to say, the first thing I'm thinking about is your background there. Do you call those pussy willows uh, where you are? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so I I grew up with those. My mother would always uh, (laughs) pick those, and yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. But I I also see a, a copy of your book. I see some little little boxes with presumably some things inside them, some 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 plants. Tell us about your background. My this background. Oh, well, this is my injury. Double double meaning. Oh, and your injury. Goodness gracious. My little injury. Yes. Little mercury and retrograde tumble with a glass bowl in my hand. And oh, goodness. So that my background is you can see I love books. I've been studying my whole life. And emotions has been one of my my favorite topics. It's been quite instrumental since I was a, a child in Texas growing up in a world that I didn't feel I belonged in. So I took a journey and delving into figuring out how to become the person I wanted to be. And now uh, my passion is about helping people really embrace their emotions. And in Texas, so so there are some emotions. I've been, I've been at football on Friday night in Texas <laughs> growing up. Lots of emotion. Yeah, lots Oh, lots of emotion. Yes, for <laughs> so, sure. But talk. let's talk about, uh, let's start there and then we'll get into the more businessy fun stuff uh, in a bit. But let's start in Texas. So there you are in San Antonio. What kind of kid were you? Where did you hang out? What was the, um, what was the good and the bad? I was very shy as a child. I was the youngest. I had two much older siblings, a sister and a brother. And uh, I was the artistic type, so I had asthma as a kid, and I stayed home a lot by myself because both my parents worked and watched old movies on TV and fell in love with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and Catherine Hepburn and lived in that world in my mind, became a ballet dancer. I was in the San Antonio Civic Ballet Company, 
And uh, I loved it because I could express myself, but I didn't have to talk. Uh, now I love talking. So that changed a lot. But I've always loved the arts and the creative expression. So it was really a savior for me growing up. And then my dad went bankrupt and we started moving around. I went to two junior highs, three high schools, graduated from high school in Guam. So, <laughs> so you learned, you learned how to restart. Journey. You learned how to reinvent yourself, how to, to build from nothing at these different places. I did. Yeah. I started a ballet school in Guam. I became a disc jockey. So yes, I, I think it is a thing that I've learned how to do that's been very useful. Okay. So ballet, disc jockey. <laughs> Let's talk about the start of your entrepreneurship because that sounds like you're getting paid. I was an entrepreneur since I was in high school, which kind of shocked me when I woke up to that a few years ago. And even as an actor, I was an actor and acting teacher for a long time. And doing that, you, you're your own business, really. So it's uh, when I got more involved in the, the world of business and became a coach, I realized that I really was an entrepreneur and uh, I knew a, a lot more than I realized. So I like to be independent. <laughs> so I'm going to cut right to the chase here. You're an actor, you're a, a lot of things, disc jockey, I love that. Did, did music make you emotional? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I love music. I think it's a wonderful way to get in touch with our feelings. So what was your journey from loving music and experiencing the emotion that music can bring through to coaching and being a somatic counsellor? I believe that while we are embodied beings and we experience everything through the body and one of the things i discovered about emotions in my journey is that emotions are actually body-based a biological information system and one of my gifts was that i was always able and willing to feel my emotions fully i remember when i was young in my 20s and struggling and thinking, well, I may be miserable, but at least I feel something. I'm, I'm not indifferent to life. And I have found that I love truth. I, I really believe in honesty. And the thing that we can count on the most as far as our personal truth is our emotions and how we feel. So I've always been attuned uh, feeling-wise. And I find in the clients that I work with, I started out actually working with small business entrepreneurs now I work more with people in the corporate world, but which I thought would be odd for me given my background, but I find that we're all quite human and that all humans have this innate capability and part of our DNA is for us to have emotions. And so the more we can be in touch with our emotions and be present with them without judging them, with accepting them, then they become a tool for navigating life, for helping us make uh, best possible choices for ourselves i can talk more <laughs> sorry we're, we're playing um who's going to speak okay. next um, so emotions in the workplace let's talk about mm. that for a minute there's plenty of emotion that people feel and some express it in unacceptable ways some do not mm -hmm. where do you see emotion fitting in the workplace and what do you see as acceptable behavior as a result? I love the way you put that. Of course, emotions 
must be in the workplace because we're human beings and we are feeling beings. You can't separate out your emotions. You can, can't leave them at the door. If you leave them at the door, whether even if you're working in your home office, you're actually leaving your whole body, your whole being at the door because there's such an integral aspect of who we are and absolutely necessary for our survival, but also for our ability to understand ourselves, to know ourselves, to interact with other people. We're actually quite driven by our emotions. It's just unfortunately because of the attitude that culture, society has as a whole about emotions that there are negative emotions. There's a lot of negative emotions. There's a few positive ones. And of course, if they're negative, then we don't want to have anything to do with them. But the truth is they're just information. So I hold that all emotions are actually positive because they're bringing you information. It's the way we mismanage them that causes the problems. And that's what goes on in the workplace. So I find that people who are able to be present with their feelings and manage them in a way that's appropriate, that's not stuffing them, denying them, but rather is being present with them and then understanding what the circumstances are. Because certainly at work, it's not appropriately to go yelling. And there are people who are uh, dischargers. They, They like to just sort of discharge that energy. They're kind of controlled by the emotions and then others who stuff them all the time. And neither one of those strategies really works. When we can be present with an emotion, say, for example, anger, because anger is a big one in the workplace that causes problems, fear and anger. Those are the, the two biggies that cause issues. So anger comes up. If you're stuffing it, then not only are you putting out a kind of vibration, but you're holding this energy in your body and it actually dampens your ability to function and to think uh, clearly and creatively. If you can stay present with the anger, feel that energy in your body, knowing what that energy feels like and means, that anger, when your life is not directly threatened, anger's basic message is a boundary setter. It's saying, something's happening here and I'm saying no to it. I don't like it, I don't want it, or it goes against my values, or many, many different reasons, because emotions are subjective, why this this feeling is coming up, but to recognize, ah, something's going on that I'm saying no to, let me look at what it is. That's when you make a choice. Well, this is the CEO of the company, and I'm down here, and I'm I have to be conscious of how I'm going to speak up if it's appropriate at all. Sometimes it isn't, but it doesn't mean you have to stuff that emotion. Then you find appropriate channels or ways to get your message heard. If you're with somebody, and this is something I, I really advocate for managers, is to create a protocol for expressing feelings, for communicating when one's upset, And that's a way to create safety for people so that they can share the emotion without letting the emotion lead the way. Say, I'm upset about something or I'm angry about something and I'd like to talk about it so that you create space in which you have a conversation that's not charged, hopefully. I mean, it can be charged, but the idea is that you manage your your own charge. So I have a lot of tools and techniques that I teach in my course and in my coaching so that you can stay present with the emotion, manage the energy of it, and then you have a greater capacity to be able to communicate in ways that 
creates dialogue rather than defensiveness or positioning, which is what tends to happen if you don't bring consciousness to it. Something I've heard a lot about, particularly in the in the coaching realm, is a term that's particularly interesting to me, and that's toxic positivity. <laughs> a, have you heard of it? B, how do you feel about people who complain about toxic positivity? I, you know, I think I have heard that phrase, but it's not common to me. But what I understand it to mean is that people are, they're overly nice, overly positive, like trying to overcome any kind of difficulty by essentially being nice, being positive. And what that does is that it diminishes the truth of what's actually happening. I was on a call this morning with a client and the situation is it's it's not a bad situation but there's there's something going on that's causing things to not function in the way they should and so there was a hesitancy you know to say anything or to speak up or and so it's i was able to help this person really get in touch with the kind of history that they're bringing to the situation that was coloring what was happening we all come with history we all come with personality. We all come with a certain um, beliefs. And that gets very complex when we're in with a mix of people. So a lot of people will uh, deal with that by just being as positive as they can. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't allow for the truth that actually creates space for something to progress. I was talking about truth, authenticity, honesty, candor, all the things that allow for people to experience their emotional response and choose or experience their emotion and therefore able to choose the response um, because one is an experience, one is a choice. I really love that whole concept, so thank you for sharing that. We like to keep these interviews really short and I punchy. <laughs> yeah, but before we go, who would you like to connect with you? Who would you love to talk to today? And how can they find you? I I would love to talk to anybody who is uh, struggling with a, a relationship in the workplace or the the culture where somehow it, the team or the the group is not communicating as well as they could or things feel stuck or stymied. I really love working with people who have a lot of experience and they've gotten to a certain level of their career that, you know, they may be a VP or they may be a senior manager, but there's still some kind of issues that are going on and how to handle situations. And I my I have a website, which is my name, joyselden.com, and it's spelled J-O-I-E, as in joie de vivre, joyselden, S-E-L-D-O-N.com. So you can go to my website. You can email me at joy at joyselden.com. I, I do have an online course called Emotions at Work that's going to next run is going to be starting in January. It's a, I have to say so myself, it's a fabulous course and it gives people really practical tools. It takes emotions out of the realm of the ethereal and mysterious and brings it right down into what do I do in this moment with this experience and how do I communicate most effectively? Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So to all of our listeners, please connect with Joy, and she will be able to help you. So um, thanks so much, Joy. We'll talk again soon. Thank you both. 
This was fun. <laughs> Thanks so much, Joy. It was a joie. I'm just slaughtering the the French here. But it was a true joy to chat with you. It was amazing to hear about how you grew up in Texas and became really a a different kind of person and were able to plant yourself elsewhere, create a ballet business, become a DJ, deal with corporates in a different and new way. Love it. And now joy. You're taking all that experience, all that knowledge, all those different fields, all those creative aspects and helping both individuals and corporates understand how to truly build strong emotional quotients, strong responses and proper responses to the emotions that you really do feel both in the workplace and in any relationship. So I got this I got this rhyme stuck in my head that that my head just made up it says um how now brown cow put your shoulder to the plow but that's all i've got so far uh if you'd like to try to finish that rhyme come to thoughtpartnergroup.com and there's a little assessment there you can click on the free assessment tab i think it's on the top right hand side of the, the website and spend five minutes thinking about how you are seen in the world and whether you're happy about them. I think that's about it. If you're feeling a little squirrely, come to crazymba.com.